0: We're in Revelation chapter 3. Praise God. Revelation chapter 3. And verse 20. Here's what it says Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Well, before we knock, I better turn this on, or they'll be knocking at my door. Here we go. Is that better? Solomon, all right. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now, all of us are familiar with deadlines, aren't we? We're familiar with expiration dates. We were out in Kingman, Arizona one year, and in Kingman, I had a coupon And I was going to the Staples office uh, store. You don't have them here, uh, but uh, they do there. And I had all of my products I was going to buy. I got up there to the counter, and I was so excited. $28 off on my bundle. Except the clerk said, "Um, sir, your coupon has expired. Yeah, I'm, I'm still licking my wounds, up, uh, wounds about that. <laughs> Upset, disappointed, uh, because I missed a deadline. Um, I have to book motels or hotels online for our travels, 28 of them on this trip that I booked. Um, and 102 in the last year I had to fill out a form, the only reason I know that. And we were in 120 different beds last year other than our home. So I'm used to booking motels. Well, I this one time I had a tremendous price on a hotel, but I got a little greedy. I thought, well, maybe I could get a better price. I always check the, check the bed bug uh, site to make sure it's not in that list. And I always check uh, the crime stoppers uh, to make sure it's not in a crime area. Don't want to take my wife into that area. But on one occasion, I went to try to find a better price, and I found out, well, I can't. So I went back to the site to book it, and you know what happened? Somebody else booked it. It was no longer there, and I really got uh, cheated on that deal <laughs> because I waited too late. I had to pay a much higher price. I missed the deadline on that purchase. Well, the Bible pictures Jesus Christ standing at a door and knocking. I believe that he's standing at several doors this morning, knocking, trying to get in, willing to come in if somebody will open the door. He's made an offer to anyone to hear his voice and open the door, and he promised that he would enter, and it would be a privilege to welcome the King of kings and Lord of lords. You'd think? Man, oh man, he wants in. But what a sad day it will be after some have refused to open the door to him when he's knocked, when the knocking stops. It'll be too late. You'll pass the expiration date, and that clerk wasn't going to give it to me when I passed the expiration date. Some will have squandered their opportunity to let Jesus in. This morning, I want you to consider with me three doors when the knocking one day will stop. Let's bow for prayer, and we'll begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together. Thank you for Brother Brooks inviting us to come and the opportunity. Thank you for all the folks here and maybe some visitors, I don't know, maybe some who don't know Jesus who want to hear about him. And I pray today, oh God, that this will be a day when you knock and folks respond to your knocking. Let this be a banner day. In Jesus' name we pray Amen, amen. In our text, we realize that there may come a day when Christ quits knocking at the door of the church, the local church. A primary application of this uh, principle in our text is the local church, don't you know? Uh, And so all over America, you see old uh, churches, giant cemeteries, paid-for buildings, And hardly anybody going there meeting at that church anymore. It's a sad thing as we travel. But Christ has long since quit knocking at the door of that church. Why? Because many churches function as a social club and where Christ's knock is no longer heard. They're just coming to be part of the club. This is not a club. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and we become members by his blood, by receiving Christ as our savior. And so when does Christ quit knocking at the door of a church? I looked at that. It's when the preacher quits preaching the word of God. Christ quits knocking when the preacher, and by the way, the church start watering down his message. You can do that as a member by putting pressure on the pastor probably can't this pastor, but you could, some pastors, uh, by putting pressure not to, you know, to tone it down a little bit. Don't preach the whole counsel of God. He quits knocking when they seek pastors who will compromise and not preach on tough topics. We once visited a family, Shirley, Shirley and I did, And they were in our area. They went to another church, a mainline church. But in that church, they had a preacher that gave the gospel and gave an invitation. And both of them gave testimony that they went forward and received Christ as Savior in that service. However, the church leaders didn't like that. They didn't like that Bible preaching. They didn't like him opening up the altar and, uh, uh, you know, that's embarrassing. And they ousted that pastor, and Christ quit knocking on the door of that church. Some would rather have their ears tantalized than their toes stepped on. Preachers are commissioned to preach the word, preach the Bible. But some churches want a storyteller. They want an entertainer, a non-offensive Message They want this touchy-feely, lovey-dovey type of message. Oh, God is the God of love. Make no mistake about that. But it's not all about love. He's also a God of justice and judgment. We need the full counsel of God. Some want a psychology lecture with intellectual jargon of some sort instead of doctrine. But the Bible commands us to to uh, follow good doctrine. We're supposed to stay with doctrine and the knocking stops in the church because the preacher won't preach the word and the people won't hear the word of God. If, when does Christ quit knocking at the church's door? Well, it's also when we lose our vision and burden for the lost. Listen, we exist in a community to reach that community for Christ. That's why we're there. When our concern for social needs becomes greater than for spiritual needs, we are losing the burden for those whom Christ died for and the knocking quits. When prayer requests and prayer meeting, and I notice this in prayer meetings, not just in our church but other churches, are far more for so-and-so with a physical need, and that's absolutely okay, but when it's more of that than for salvations and somebody that I'm witnessing to and someone that I gave a track to and somebody that I'm burdened for, then the knocking is growing more faint. When is it that Christ quit knocking at a church's door it's when we organize everything to the point that we think that we don't need God. That happened in the church in Revelation chapter three and verse 17. You're in 320, just back up a couple of verses. The church in 317 came to this point where they said, because thou, thou sayest, this is Christ talking, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, knowest not, knowest not, that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. They think, well, we don't need an altar. We don't need to change anything. We don't need for God to speak to us. Listen, we're in the the stage of progressive sanctification. That means that God's still working on us. That means that when the preacher preaches... Every Christian needs to keep their ears open. And if God speaks to you about something, hey, you hit the altar and do business with God. But if we're not going to use that altar, the knocking stops. We act like we don't need God. Oh, it's a terrible day when a church, in a church when the knocking stops. Secondly, it's a dark day When Christ stops knocking on the door of a Christian, a Christian individual. In fact, in the passage, it talks about, if any man hear my voice. So this has application to every one of us, not just the church collectively, uh, local church collectively, but to each one of us. Um, Turn to Song of Solomon, chapter 5. Song of Solomon, chapter 5. Verse two, the Bible says, I sleep, but my heart, I hope you're not saying that right now. (laughs) I sleep. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh. There it is, the knocking. Saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. The bridegroom knocks on the bride's door. He wants to see her. He wants to spend time with her, but she hesitates. She waits. She puts it off. She thinks about it a little bit longer. She makes excuses, and she finally, finally decides in verse 6. Verse 6. I opened to my beloved. Hey. Hey. She opened after he knocked, but she had waited, and watch what happens. But my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. Oh, what a sad day when the lover of our soul quits knocking on our heart's door as believers. He wants to perfect us. He wants us to be conformed to the image of Christ and he wants to speak to us about different things in our lives maybe that God wants to change but we won't listen. We tune a deaf ear. When it comes down to actually acting on the word of God, we fail. It's not to him that heareth, but him that doeth the word. Don't forget that. You say, well, preacher, what does he knock on our door for? Well, one thing he knocks on our door for is lordship. He wants to be Lord. He wants to be first in our life, above our friends, above our family, job, our health bank account, ambitions, hobby, sports teams, and everything else that you can mention. He wants to be first place. He wants first consideration in your life. He wants you to acknowledge his lordship by obedience and discipline. Jesus Christ is weary with our sins and our failings when it doesn't have to be that way as people who claim his name Christian and live a life out there that's anything but Christian sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Or give ourselves allowances to use words come out of our mouth that are not reflective of his holiness. He's disgusted with his redeemed, giving in to Cussing, gambling, drinking, stealing, smoking, gossiping, pornography, immorality, and on and on the list goes. And we know what the list is. But we won't stop. When we are guilty of sin, He's not just knocking on the door. He's pounding on the door. Hey, hey, Christian, I'm trying to get your attention. There's some things in your life that's not like me. It's not like what I've commanded in the scripture. I want it to change. Wake up. Open the door to me. His knocking reminds us to confess and forsake it. But when we fail to open the door, have you ever noticed that his knock becomes fainter That's right. until he leaves us alone. Proverbs chapter 106, not chapter, but Psalm, I'm sorry, Psalm 106 and verse 15. The psalmist records what he did with Israel, what God did. It says in 106, 15, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Brethren, don't cover sin. Whoso covereth his sin shall not what? Prosper. You won't prosper by covering your sin. Confess it. I mean, clear your conscience today. If there's been something you've been allowing in your life, he's speaking to you. Clear your conscience. Make him Lord in that area of your life and you'll be so glad that you did. But the woman in Song of Solomon pondered his promptings and his knockings, made excuses and hesitated. She was tuned in to everything else in her life. By the time she arose to answer the door, he was gone and the knocking stopped. Today, if you're feeling that tugging, thank God. If you're feeling that that sense of him knocking, trying to get your attention about something, prompting you about something in your life. If that thought keeps going through in your mind, you give God glory because he wants you to conform to the image, uh, image of Christ, to his will. You come and make a decision today. You're gonna be clean of that, confess it. Wonderful truth. Something else? Christ knocks on the door of the Christian for forgiveness. God's nature is long suffering, merciful and forgiving. If you refuse to forgive someone or to ask for forgiveness when you're wrong, then you are refusing Christ knocking. He's prompted you once, he's prompted you twice, maybe a half a dozen times. He's looking for you to respond to forgive that brother, forgive that sister, Uh, to ask for forgiveness from one that you know you've offended. Remember that Christ was still forgiving his murderers when he was on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even, you say, well, that's Christ. Yeah, but what about Stephen? Stephen, while he's being pelted with stones, said the same thing. Father, forgive them. He was forgiving the ones that were shooting the stones at him. Listen, you haven't had stones pelted at you. Now, there may have been some words and some derogatory comments and things like that, but if they can handle the real stones, you can handle it. You can forgive. And so uh, when he knocks on your heart to do that, you ought to. In the early 80s, two men cheated me. Both of them were preachers. And cheated me out of hundreds of dollars. You know what I did? I know the word of God. But I let that thing fester. For months, I brooded about that. They cheated me. Those dirty, rotten. I mean, I had all kinds of thoughts. And then one day, God got my attention and said, Son, I can't bless you like I want to. I can't take you forward if you're not going to be forgiving. You're not reflecting the my character. And I said, "Oh boy. <laughs> you got me, Lord." <laughs> and I asked him to forgive me. And I forgave them. Another door that he's knocking on in the Christian's life is to use our gifts for him. In Paul told uh, Pastor Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Um, And so 1 Corinthians 12 says, the Holy Spirit has given to every person gifts, abilities to use for the local church. But I know singers that won't sing. Yeah. I know some musicians that won't play, use the talent for the Lord. I know teachers that won't teach, but they could. I know skilled men that won't volunteer to come and work on the building. I know some cooks that won't lend a hand to cook when there's a banquet or whatever. I know some cleaners that won't help uh, clean the church or sign up. I know some IT guys who won't help with the sound and the media, though they know the church needs some help, and they won't use their gifts for the Lord. He's given you ability talent, and gifts, and he's knocking on your heart. This church can still use more workers. And there's gifts and abilities within the church. Everything the church needs right now is right here if we just use what he's given us for his glory. If you're unwilling to use them for his glory, Christ is about to stop knocking on your door and give that assignment to someone else and that someone else will get your reward one day. And he doesn't want it to go that way. Shirley has an uncle, Vernon, he, she did. But I met him when he was 75 years old. And he said he'd been called to preach, use his gifts that way, but he never got around to it. He knew that God wanted him to, he told me. And it was sad as he told me that at a fam- family reunion, that he kept putting it off and kept putting it off until now it's too late, too late. He was saying the knocking has stopped. Christian, what is Christ knocking on your heart's door for? You better get up and answer the door today. It's more important than any second thing in your life. Obey when he knocks. Number three, there's a heartbreak disaster the day that... Christ stops knocking at the door of a person without Christ. This is a sad day. We see several examples of this in Scripture uh, with Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart so many times that the knocking stopped. Uh, But God no longer dealt with Pharaoh's heart and he perished and he's burning in hell today, we are sure of that. Acts chapter 26 and 28 uh, it, we read of Christ knocking at the heart's door of Agrippa. And Agrippa, uh, the Bible says, he said to Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian, but almost doesn't convert a soul, nor change your destination from hell to heaven. That doesn't do it. Agrippa heard the knock at his door, he arose and went to the door, and he listened as Paul talked to him, but he never opened the door himself And to become a Christian. He didn't do it. And the knocking stopped. As far as we read in the Bible, he never got saved. My friend who's listening without Christ, I fear for your soul. God loves you. God so loved you that he sent Jesus Christ to die for you on the cross. Amen. If you've already heard the Savior knocking at your soul and yet you've waited and you pondered and you made excuses and you failed to answer the door and maybe you had a relative or a friend come and talk to you about it, maybe the preacher even, but you haven't said yes to Jesus, you're in danger of never hearing Christ knock again. I can't tell you that it will quit right now, but I can tell you there will be a day when you cross a line and it'll be too late. Here's the message. God created man and God loved man and he wanted to have fellowship with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, but he gave them a command to obey You read it in the book of Genesis, and they disobeyed. They did not follow, particularly Adam disobeyed and sinned, thus suffering the the fellowship that Adam had with God. Adam passed that sinful nature now onto every person beyond him until you and I have the same sinful nature that Adam had. All through the generations, every person in every generation since that has had a sin nature that is a propulsion to sin as a, by choice. Now God deals with us and instructs us that we have all sinned. Every person, there's nobody who has not sinned. I've sinned, you've sinned, we have all sinned. And the soul that sinneth, God says, it shall surely die. The Bible's talking about going to uh, a lake of fire one day, a place of torment, the second death, if you will. And those who sin pay the consequences in hellfire forever. Now you say, well, that's a a negative message. No, no, you haven't listened to the whole message yet. I'm just telling you truth. And truth sets you free. It motivates you to do what you ought to do. However, God tells us that he sent a fire truck to rescue us from the fires of hell. The fireman was Jesus. Oh, I like this thought. He died on the cross in our place so that we wouldn't have to suffer that second death in the lake of fire. Amen. He came to rescue us from a burning life, a burning soul. Then God gave us a command like he gave to Adam and Eve, and he asked us to receive what Christ did on the cross as payment for our sins. So we have a command. Now, are we gonna follow Adam's uh, example and disobey God's command? Or are we going to say, no, I'm not going that way. I want to obey what God said, and I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's why Christ is knocking on your heart's door. He wants you to know the truth, and this is the truth that will set you free that you've heard about your whole life. It doesn't matter what sins you've committed. He's able to forgive. How can I receive this limited time offer, preacher? I'll tell you how you can't receive it. You can't receive it by baptism. Amen. Baptism won't save you. Good works. Oh, I'll just do, no, good works won't save you. Uh, Joining a religion or a church, I'll I'll talk to the preacher, I'll join this church, not without receiving Christ as your savior. That won't do it. Uh, By mimicking a little prayer, no, that's not it. By turning over a new leaf, no, that's not it. Rather, we receive his offer by genuinely repenting of our sins and trusting Christ to save us. And when you do that, he washes away all of your sins. It's like you had all your sins listed on a blackboard and he takes his giant eraser of the blood of Christ and wipes it all away. Amen. Glory to God. Man, I can't believe all my sins are washed away. Amen. He writes your name in heaven. He prepares a place for you. You become a child of God in his family, and so much more. Jesus wants you to throw the door open today and let Jesus in. But understand this, Jesus is under no obligation to keep knocking. The 19th century writer penned these words, Daniel Whittle. Have you any room for Jesus? He who bore your load of sin, as he knocks... And asks admission, sinner, will you let him in? And the chorus goes like this Room for Jesus, King of glory, hasten, that means hurry. Now his word obey, swing the heart's door widely open, he wrote. Bid him enter while you may. There's the deadline while you may. One night, I close with this illustration. One night, C.H. Aiken preached to a large crowd in Bristol, England from the text, You Must Be Born Again in John 3. Horatio Bottomley, a fine, young, brilliant fellow, listened with rapt attention. He was deeply moved by the preaching. At the close of the message, an invitation was given to the unsaved to publicly receive Christ. And Bottomley thought, not I. I'm not going to do this. This is not for me. I'll run my own life. And run his own life, he did. He made a fortune, bottomly did. But when he was 63 years old, in 1922, he was exposed. He used to expose the crimes of others. He was exposed for a crime himself. And he was sentenced to prison for seven years. Now, while he's in prison, another man came to visit him, called Captain Prayer of the Church Army. And he visited him in prison, and he told bottomly the story of his conversion one day. He said, years ago, I was in Colston Hall in Bristol when C.H. Aiken preached on the text, You Must Be Born Again. I was convicted of my sin and my need of the Savior, and I accepted Christ. And since that memorable time, Christ has been all in all to me. And bottomly, thought, In his mind, deeply, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I too was there. I heard that same message that you're talking about. I was there that night, and I saw that I needed to accept Christ. But I've never sensed that again. I didn't go forward like you did. I rejected him. And then he made this statement, and this is noteworthy. A life without God. Is a wasted life. When we could have Christ living in us, why wouldn't you want that? He's knocking. He wants to come in. Won't you let him in this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. The day the knocking stops. Could I ask you, has God's voice and knock been clear? To you of late? Christian today, do you hear him prodding you, knocking to make him Lord? To obey him in some area that you've neglected? To seek forgiveness or to ask for forgiveness from someone? Is the Lord knocking on your heart's door again? To use your talents and abilities for his glory? Is he knocking on your heart, Christian? Then answer the knock. Throw open the door and let Christ in and let him do the work in you that he wants to do. You'll never have, you who have never received Christ as Savior, do you hear his gentle knocking at your heart's door? He's so patient with us, much more than we deserve. But today you know that he's knocking. It's your day to open the door and receive Christ like Captain Prayer did. Don't put it off. His offer has an expiration date. He wants to save your soul, and take you to heaven one day when you die. He loves you, but beware, there will be a day when the knocking stops. If you sense the knocking in your heart, don't ignore it. If he's knocking, I wonder if you could share that by upraised hand, just slip your hand up, and back down. Nobody's looking around. Could I see your hand? He's knocking on your heart's door, thank you. Christian or lost, he's knocking on your heart's door this morning about something. Let me see your hand. Slip it up and back down, half a dozen hands. More, more. Are there others? He's knocking. I sense it. I want to have the courage to say yes to him this morning. Anyone else? Now I want you to stand with me for prayer. Everyone standing? Your heads bowed and eyes closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you now for your word. It's real, it's alive, and you want to do work in our lives. I thank you for these who've raised their hands and probably others that should have. I pray right now in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit will have free course to move in our hearts. I pray, Heavenly Father, we'll be willing to take steps in the areas you prompted us about and you've knocked on our heart about. Help us right now to obey you whether it's somebody who's lost who needs to come and be gloriously saved today. Let it be uh, a wonderful day for them. That happened to me one day. I pray it will happen for them. Or for a Christian, you're knocking on their heart's door about something. Help us right now to be obedient. Your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. She begins to play the piano. Others have already come. Why don't you come and join them?